Uh, okay, there we go. All right. Now we're live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the MSG Podcast. Yeah. Um, That's about it. Yeah. Yo, 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 yo. Remember, remember when we were at the movies the other day? Yeah. I was talking about I wanted to get a bunch of weapons and, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Have, like your secret room. <laughs> Bro. What'd you get? <laughs> oh, you got a taser. <laughs> <laughs> I got a taser. I don't. I literally will never use this in my life. But I got, got it. it. I got a taser. You That's could, awesome. It's so light. I mean, you you could charge it, but so yeah, you just flip it up and then you press the button. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, just looking at it. Oh, it's so it's scary. Like, it's like that. That will it'll drop you to the floor. Yeah, it probably would. So I don't know any of the specs or anything. I just bought one for like twenty bucks on Amazon. I got it like Saturday night after the movie. It's like you look <laughs> on the fine print. So it's only like five volts. Bro, any volts is volts. I'll it's like, take it's it. Like touching your tongue to a, a nine volt battery. Sort of I, I think no matter what, you're gonna feel that bad boy. So I'm scared though. I need to test it out on myself. But that's it's not pleasant. That's a road that I've been pleasant. tased before. Yeah, it's just, Wait, but it's not. I don't want to go tase back yourself because there's this mental barrier, and then if you but it's so that, much more scarier to get tased by someone else because at least yeah. I have control of how long I'm gonna hold it down or exactly theory, where I'm putting it. In theory, it might shock you so bad you just hold on, <laughs> it <just keeps> going. <laughs> oh, it's so scary though. But dude, oh. Next I'm, gonna, next, I'm gonna get like a baton or whatever. One of those, like a stun baton. Is that the <laughs> Everything you that's get. Probably, from now that's on probably expensive, though. I don't know oh, if yeah. I. I don't know if yeah. That'd be further down the road. <laughs> but not nah, just is my taser katana. Just and this just is my taser just, nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because we were talking about that on like Saturday. <laughs> I was did like, you uh, buy it right after that, or had you already bought it? I I, th- I can't remember. I bought it sometime on Saturday. I think it was after. I'm pretty sure it was after. It was that night because I gamed a little that night, and I was talking That's about a good idea. Because I was talking about it with somebody, I was like, let me let me look up some tasers that aren't <laughs> out of Amazon my price range. Two day shipping in here, <laughs> bro. I, I currently have Amazon Prime for like next few more days, but I had Amazon Prime, so it got in here in like two days. Man, that, that came in today. Crazy. Yeah. If you really think about it, you can order anything, and in in two days or less, sometimes they will just airdrop. One it. day shipping, dude. Mm. I I can't hardly wrap my mind around that. It's it's solid. There's got to be like certain. Well, it, it it depends on the item, but I think you know. Every once in a while, there's you probably some one. factories that have it in your area, or yeah. a state or two away, so it doesn't take too long to. Well, they have get these over. big old shipping hubs. Yeah. Like if they don't have a product buy you they can get it flown into the shipping hub within you know 12 hours and so then they can go from there yeah it's like, that's, that's crazy it's pretty solid you know, ask your great-grandparents if they <laughs> wanted you know a hammer and they Bro. didn't have it at the store you ordered it through the mail and it took like two months for the mail to get to the supplier and then they had to have stock on hand and they had to ship it back to you it took two months and then you got your hammer there you go when you go to the store, yeah, yeah. man, it's nice, but you know, it's not always gonna be like that. I don't know. Yeah, the future it'll probably just materialize <laughs> just in front of you. Dude, having dude having a three D printer or something like that that just almost instantly now that create like almost instantly creates it instead of having to do it for hours and hours and moving all the stuff around. Oh, that'd be so solid. Dude, 
that was there's a thing sort of like that in Prey, uh, the game. Yeah, the game. 2017. And it's like oh oh, it's so great because you can recycle things that you find, and it gives you raw elements, and then you just plug those into the thing, and you can make whatever you want. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Is that in the the meals from? I know we already said this before, but the meals from. Uh, Kid next or not? Um, Spy, kids? Spy kids. Yeah, we just put the little the little, the in little there. pot, little like pop tarts. You put them there at the full McDonald's. Like McDonald's meal. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that will be the day. I want that. So, but yeah, I was enamored with that as a kid. I was like, oh man, there's got to be something like that, but there's not. Probably it's not in our lifetime. Technology. <sighs> what I would give. What I would give. Man, I don't know what to talk about. I don't either. I mean, it's raining right now. That's, uh, that's something. It's not about. raining currently, is it? It, it kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Did it rain on you at work? No, not when we were at work. When we were coming back to the office, it oh, just God. started dropping. Out. Yeah, on our last lawn, it kind of started raining on us, but it wasn't too bad. Dang, we got we got out. We got finished before anything happened. So, Dang. how many yards did you do today? Today we did eighteen. So is that it's pretty standard fare? That's about average. Is about eighteen, I would say, per day. So. Sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, but on average. Dang. So, yeah, pretty solid. What at what number of lawns do you start like anticipating the end of the day? Is it like just that last lawn, or is it like okay, I'm on lawn fourteen, I just got a couple more, and I can go home? I don't know. It, it's it's weird on how I. I mean, I understand other people do this, but it's like how I. I think how I work compared to how I work with like my brothers. And my buddy, my buddy Jacob, we all work together, so they're doing the same stuff I'm doing throughout the day, right. obviously. And there are other people who do these jobs, but it's like how I think. I think is completely off of how they think. Hmm. So I don't. So like I don't really get tired at work. I mean I do, but I like I walk at a specific pace consistently, so I don't rush to get through something because then I'm gonna be tired throughout the day. I always go at a consistent pace. And people are like, "Oh, you're too slow." It's like, no, I'm. This is why I'm able to keep going in like 99 degree weather, but no, I, I don't know. I always look at, I usually look at the list and I think that's my end goal. Like no matter what, I won't stop working and I won't get tired at least until I hit that goal. And I never do. Wow. So, and then sometimes you have where you got to go help the other group or you get more stuff added at the end, mm-hmm. but that's usually why I don't get tired. Cause it's like, you're kind of tired at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But Dude, I have the craziest things in the world. Every once in a while, this and there was like a few months ago. Every like every year, it's like a few months will go by, and it's the craziest thing in the world. Where I will start the day off like it's the end of the day, and I will be completely tired. And throughout the day, I'm getting more and more energy, so I, I actually can go. I can move a little Dude. quicker because I'm just trying to like you're energetic, right? And it's like at the end of the day, I'm like. Shoot. Let's do <laughs> like, Let's go. I don't know why. It doesn't make any logical sense. It's not like I'm sitting there eating sugar or anything. Right. You know, it's just it's a normal day. It's just, hmm. I don't know. It's weird. I, I kind of know what you're talking about. Maybe not exactly like that. But every once in a while, I will go throughout a really strenuous day at work. Like, a really hard. It's either yeah. really, really hot or we did a lot of moving around. And at the end of the day, I will still, like, really be... I'm going to go do something at the house that's really strenuous. I'm going to go mow the yard when it's 105 outside. I should be wasted right now (laughs) in a puddle of my own sweat. Oh, man. And I'm I'm gung-ho. It's it's not logical. That shouldn't happen. It's so interesting. Like, uh, I don't know. It's it's weird because 
Like, I know my brother will get tired. I understand it. And I, I'm not really, like, I'm the youngest, but it's, I'm, like, three years younger than my oldest brother. Right. So it's not, it's not a huge difference. That's almost practically not a difference. Right. But, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm used to this. I don't know. It could be. Well, why don't you get used I'm, to I'm it? I'm not sure. And, you know, there really is something to be said about pacing yourself, like what you're talking about. Like, that's the reason. I mean, everybody at work Olympic seems, runners. I think everybody at work seems to pace themselves the same. So, I just have my own routine, but it's like, I don't know. My mindset is different when I go to work. Yeah, and that could be all that it is. I don't, like, I don't know. It's something about your perception. Because my buddy Jacob, he'll always be like, oh, we got 11 more. Oh, we got seven more. Always looking at the list. I'm like, it's like nah, just keep I don't going. care. I already saw how many we have total. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. So. That's actually also something interesting because the more you look at what you It seems have like it do, goes slower. <laughs> And it's like, so oh. if you keep looking at the, the clock, like yeah, it's class, terrible. Time like, does not move. Like I'm, I'm like, stop saying it. I don't care. Just do your job. <laughs> That's all. We're, we're here to work. Let's work. It's mm. all like, I don't know. And it's like, if we get more stuff to do at the end of the day, we got to do whatever. I'm like, you know, I'm not like, oh, yeah, I'm so happy. But it's like, I don't mind. It's like, let's just go do it. And you'll have people who sit there and like, kind of like whine. Yeah. Like, oh, now we got to. I was like, just let's just do it. And get done. I don't want to sit here for 10 minutes listening to whine about it. Let's just go. Yeah, go ahead and you know? finish it and you'll be done. Like, I, I don't mind. It's like, it's not my favorite thing, but it's like, we got to do it. Let's go do it. I don't want to sit here and waste time. Yeah. But. No, I get that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I felt really petty today at work. Why? Because, so this happens every so often and it's, there's probably a number of things that were contributing to this, but probably being exhausted was one of the biggest it's like i was just getting really frustrated at my my partner oh yeah he's he's like technically the emissary from the office that's in charge of all of our projects essentially so he he's got the knowledge and he's got the authority um which is fine by me i don't mind that at all and generally speaking i don't have a problem with authority but today (laughs) today was a different story because being tired and I guess a little, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. It's like I started realizing that the partner guy, he uses the royal we a lot. But he doesn't use it in the right context. right? So Royal we? The royal we. So it's used in, in speaking. It's something like that like the queen would say. When she's addressing the crowd on behalf of England... She would say, we are going to do this. Okay. She herself is not doing anything, but she's just the people, saying yeah. Yeah, the, the entity that they call in England is going to be doing. Yeah, it. okay. Right? So he uses that a lot, but he doesn't use it. Well, maybe he does use it properly in the fact that he uses it, but... Not for his own terms, but yeah. for like you yeah, specifically. So, so he says, we are going to tie this in, which just means we're going to collect the data on this area. Yeah. And then he hands the stuff to me. <laughs> it's like, okay, hold on. You said we. To say right? you. <laughs> I, I really want to just sit him down and tell him, okay, if you if you want me to do it, just say, you go do this. I have no problem with that. Oh, man. And Yeah, I've never dealt with that. It's, I don't know. It's, it's really petty. And we had four jobs to do today, and they were all very different. Um, and he worked pretty hard on the first job. So that was good. Yeah. Um, but it, it was required of him to work on the first one. Um then we get to the second one, and 
He's just sort of like, okay, here you go. We are going to do this. Hands me the pole. He did okay. the first one. You do the second one. Okay. And then the third one, uh, he's like, we are going to do this. Hands me the pole again. Uh, I do all of that one. And there's there's one little segment of thing to do at the end. Or there's two things. One yeah. of them is drawing this building and measuring it. And then the other one is to tie a couple of trees, to locate a couple of trees. And so he says, all right, David, uh, since you just tied in these buildings, why don't you draw the buildings and, and measure them? And me and the other guy, we're going to go shoot those trees. I said, okay, I'm, I'm feeling good. I, I did go. something. He's, he's going to go do something. We, we all get in the truck to soak up a little AC. I start drawing the building. And I finish drawing the building. They're still in the truck. And I measure the building, and they're still in the truck. <laughs> and then I finish drawing. <laughs> and uh, Bro. he pulls out the rod and hands it to me. Does the other guy went with you? Or just Yeah, the other guy okay. went with me, but it was like, oh, no. Bro. So that's that's why it was frustrating. It I, was stupid. I shouldn't have been frustrated, but I feel that. But dang, that sucks. That's just how the cookie crumbles, though. And then he did that for the last job too. Uh, He's like, "Yeah, it won't be that hard. We all we have to do is to tie this area. It won't take long." I'm gonna, yeah. Dude, you're gonna have to leave like a post-it note on its lunchbox or something. Like, if only. <laughs> I get that way every once in a while, and I feel terrible afterwards. It's like, he's the boss. He's the boss out in the field, and so if he says jump, I'm supposed to say hi, hi. You know? It's, yeah. So it's bad that I'm begrudging of that. No, I understand. So. <laughs> hey, man. So my my uh, theology is not coming into practice very often, or yeah, especially some, not today. Sometimes you need to be on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the food chain. Well, see, that's where... Humility comes in, and I must not have very much because it's that that pride of life that they often talk about. Where it's like, what I'm, I think too highly of myself, and so I get offended when somebody asks me to do something. It's like it shouldn't matter. Yeah, it's my job. I need to do the work. I already signed up for it, so I, I know it's coming. It shouldn't bother me that the guy who's in charge of me tells me to do something. Like that's. Yeah, it just it just happens. Well, it's, it happens to everybody. I feel worse about it because I just came off of a, a revelation that came out of reading the, the screw tape letters. It was something that had been talked about in uh, uh, our youth group a couple of times. But that the whole realization of the fact that we don't necessarily own anything. Like, there's nothing inherent to us that we really truly own. So mm-hmm. it's like, people... We'll use the argument for abortion that, well, I, it's my body. I can do whatever I want with my body. Yeah. There's a number of reasons wrong with uh, things wrong with that, but the biggest is probably the fact that you don't own your body. You didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> First off, it was, you know, as John the Baptist says, anything we have is given of heaven. They're given by heaven. So it's like it, it's a gift in the first place. Uh, and, and the bigger thing about that is okay you don't own your body you don't own any of the things that you would traditionally think you own you know if you're a landowner you don't own that you're just borrowing it temporarily while you're yeah. on earth but the bigger thing is that you don't own your own time and that's the biggest farce that has been taught to people in the modern era is that if you own your time then you can be angry when somebody takes up part of that time and I spent all last week you know marveling at that fact wow that's that's so true you know it's it's marvelous 
and then I get to this week, and it's like that knowledge has left my brain, and I, yeah, it's just you can, it's just repetitive. You got to do it over and over for it to, and it's to true. Stick. And I think the lesson is true, and you can. There's different levels at which you learn things, and perhaps last week I learned learned that in the logical sense, where I could wrap my mind around it and go, "This is true." And to a certain extent, that logical extended into the practical. But, you know, you get somebody tired, you get them worn down, you, uh, you throw enough things at them, they start to lose focus of that that they were holding on to. Yeah. And so it starts to devolve. And so since it was only rooted in the logical, it didn't have that practical significance or the practiced form of what it should look like. Yeah. And so, yes, I will still, you know, jump up and say this is actually what's going on. Time does not belong to any one of us. Um, in fact, the way C.S. Lewis put it in the book was fascinating because he was talking about how a lot of the things that we regard as really not great, you know, you don't look forward to them, and if they happen spontaneously, you really dislike them or so much as hate them. Like bad things or good things? They're just little things. Cause okay. If So it was kind of in the sense of like if there's something that you're not looking forward to but at least you've had a chance to plan for it in your own mind you can kind of make excuses for it mm-hmm. it's like okay i have a family gathering that i really don't want to go to but it's coming up in a little bit and you can mentally prepare yourself for it it's like you're you're rearranging things it's your time still in your mind yeah. but you're in control of you know okay i can say no to it or yeah. I, I have but on the other end, if something is spontaneous and it interjects itself into your life and you haven't planned for it, so it's you, you're still regarding your time as your own, you hate that that has occupied your time. Because yeah. it's like it's wrenching away time from you that is yours. Yeah. So it's like, okay, your neighbor comes over and they're really, really chatty. And you know you won't be able to break away from them for like two hours. And they just show up and start talking. You will probably resent that. Just because, like, I had all these things I had planned to do. But in reality, you know, we had to regard it as, well, we don't own our time to begin with, so this really isn't much of an out to me. No, I, I get that. But Why? Yeah. people are naturally wanting to control the things around them. That's kind of their philosophy. Yeah. Dude, that was, that like just happened. Like, last week, my buddy, uh, you know, my buddy who I work with texts me, like, the night before we go to work, mm-hmm. if I could pick him up. It's like... And I was like, why don't you text me, like, during the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, when you have the time to, to say it? Because it's like, I'm about to go to bed, like, right. if I was asleep, I would have never seen the text, at least right. not till the morning. But it it would have been, right been too late if I was already asleep, because I wouldn't have had time to do it, but... Yeah. Yeah. He, and C.S. Lewis used an interesting picture to put it into frame, because it's one thing to say, yeah, you don't own your own time, and just go with the flow. It's one thing to say that, but it's not a very practical picture. But he flips it in such a way that he says, okay, let's regard all those little instances of time that's used up, you know, 30 minutes here, an hour there, as times when God demands your attention. He, he's demanding your work from you. So if God showed up to your house one day and he knocked on the door and you opened it up and he said, okay, today you're going to work for me. Like, okay, that's that sounds great. That's such an honor. And he sits you down and you talk to that chatty neighbor for two hours and then he says, okay, you're done. You can go do whatever else you want for the rest of the day. It's like, that's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. Here you are. You, you, you thought, I'm going to do what God wanted me to do. 
He thought, you know, it's going to occupy all your time. Just like two hours or less. Yeah. In a day. And then you're back to normal. So it's like, looking at it that way, you can start to see all these little petty encounters that you have with people that you really, you know, living in our sin, which I am really bad about. <laughs> it's all, all it. too easy to look at those and be really frustrated by them because they do control you. You know, it's it's kind of out of your control. It happens spontaneously. It's stealing your time. But if you regard it as, you know, maybe God wants me to talk to this person and really listen to them and really try and understand because if it's your time, how much are you going to pay attention to that person? But if you look at it from their angle, you know, how much do they need to be paid attention to now? You know, maybe they're just gabbing with you because something terrible is happening or they don't have anyone to talk to. Yeah. And it could be really uplifting to them or eye-opening to find somebody to, you know, confide in. They might be just talking to to get around some terrible thing that's going on in their yeah. mind. You don't know what's going on with everybody. In the instance of, you know, somebody texting you out of the blue, they could have been in a terrible situation. They needed to get out of that, and yeah. you were the only person that could have helped. If you regarded it as your time, you might just roll over and go, eh. Like, I'll find somebody else. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but if you regarded it as, yeah, that's a that's my friend, that's a valuable individual, they, you know, they could be in danger or whatnot. I'll go help. You might have a, te- a wonderful, uh, wonderful conversation on the way back to his house or whatever. It's, you never know what's going to come up. Yeah. But that's the first step in starting to appreciate there's more going on behind the scenes than we can ever know. Yeah. And then I go and throw all that knowledge out the window today. And we all we all stumble. That's part of the journey. It is. It really is. Um, but you have to know where to go from there yeah I don't know I try to do that I try to I mean I don't always do it obviously but I try to go out of my way to hang out with friends or yeah you know help or do whatever I don't always do it but no and I I don't either I I try to be open to it and Mm -hmm. not so like there's a certain extent which yes we don't own our time and we need to give as much as we can to other people. There, there is that sense, and I think they mentioned this last Sunday. Um, but if you take that to the nines and to the effect that you give up everything of yourself to other people around you, to the effect that you have nothing left over, you are exhausted beyond all means, it, to the point where it endangers you. You know, you've given all your food away, so you're starving. Yeah. You know. There has to be that little bit which allows you to survive at the very least and perhaps even prosper. But anything beyond that, yeah, it's fair game. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, shoot, what was I thinking? Uh, it's like, um, if I know somebody who's like low on cash, right? I'm not, and, you know, if I'm doing stuff for them, like, oh, I'll pay you back with lunch or something. Hmm. What else can we talk about? I don't know. Exhausted all of our. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was. I don't, I don't know. I don't like talking about religious things every episode. That's it's true. Like all I was talking about earlier today is that. Really? Just yeah. Religion. That's all I was talking about. Uh, I, I got back on the whole um, the snake, the serpent mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm popping off on that. Right. Yeah. You come up with me if you come up if somebody comes up to me now and they say, "Oh yeah, the serpent was a snake in Genesis," I'm gonna be like. Boy, 
there's more proof that it wasn't than there than it was. <laughs> like, oh, I'm popping off, man. Oh, oh, um, what? This is way off topic, and maybe this is best discussed off okay. the air. But uh, in Genesis, when you were talking about Lamech possibly killing Cain, it, it says Lamech. I think there's two different Lamechs. But yes, one of the one of the Lamechs. I don't. I don't think he did. I know Does, that it says that he killed somebody. But it doesn't expressly say Cain. I know there's a Christian but tradition. But he said he's cursed. Yeah, he did and say whoever he was kills cursed. him will, yeah. will uh, be cursed 77 times. Right. But so. I, I have a hard time believing. I know there is the Christian tradition it may, where it, may, it may, says may. that he he might have killed Cain. But that's not an implicit in the scripture. And I was I, like, maybe, I, maybe, I maybe I got that wrong. I don't maybe know. Maybe not. It could, and it, it's because from what I know, there are two Lamechs that are mentioned both in the same in that same yeah, chapter. Yeah, there are two. I'm from what I know, and it's like the other Lamech, the one that didn't. Well, the first Lamech was the descendant of Cain, right? And he was wounded, or he he was wounded and then attacked and killed the man who attacked him. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of seemed like it's a reference to Cain specifically because he talks about being cursed now, because. Mm-hmm. Cain had the mark. Could be because Cain had the mark, and you assume everybody at that time, some at somehow knew what the mark meant, and they said, "Oh, don't even be near that guy. You kill that guy, you're you, you know." But I don't know because the Christian tradition on that, which again we don't know if it's true or not, is that Lamech killed him because he was out hunting with one of his younger sons, and Lamech at that time was nearly blind, and he saw movement and could have sworn it was an animal. Does it go into more game. detail somewhere else? Yeah. No, not in scripture, though. Okay. This, that's why it's the Christian tradition. Okay, is so this, is this like the, the Book of Enoch or something? Like I don't, I don't even know where it came from. Because the, the Christian tradition is something that's really weird. It's stories that were passed down through the church. Through, okay. You know, we have uh, how Paul died through the Christian tradition. It's never said anywhere in the Bible. And we're pretty sure that the Christian tradition is accurate on it, but we can't be certain. It's not necessarily historical in that fact. It's yeah. just the story that's been passed down. Yeah. But essentially, yeah, they the Christian tradition is that yes, he did. It was like even what I was saying is like the the whole the story or the the fall of Lucifer isn't actually mentioned in the Bible. There, there's the one verse that people yeah. think is, which it could be, is about the he fell from heaven like lightning. Yeah. And um, I was talking to Noah, and he was like, that could be a reference to Lucifer, but it could have been a reference to the king at the time. That's true. But even even if it is, that's really the only reference to like the main fall of Lucifer. It's the story is not mentioned in the Bible about specifically about you know before yeah. before Earth when Lucifer left heaven and all that. I was like, that's not really doesn't really come up, even though I've heard the story. Yeah, it was written somewhere else, but it's not. You don't know. You don't know if it's true or not. That right. I mean, somebody's guessing it could yeah, be it true, could be. but you can't yeah, take it as true. fact. That's why I'm like. There could be so much more behind that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so perhaps that whole story was also Christian tradition. I'll have to go back and look at that. That's not in the Bible about right. the fall, which it kind of makes sense. It doesn't really need to be there. It so it, it would make sense now. That he's there. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's, it's so interesting, man. Mm. There's mm-hmm. a lot of interesting things in the Old Testament that a lot of people look over. I like so the Old Testament. On the new, yeah, dude, I'm loving the Old Testament right now. Oh. Dude, Daniel is lit. Daniel's lit, dude. Stuff is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Oh, man. It's like, there's so much going on, too. Like, Because every little facet of that story has a lot of significance. Yeah. Um, and there's probably a lot of significance that we haven't even 
discovered yet. That's kind of the whole yeah. thing of the Bible. Yeah, I thought it was so interesting. In, I think it was chapter 3 of Daniel, it talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and about the whole, they won't bow to the yeah. the statue or whatever of gold, so they were thrown, it, thrown in the fur, furnace. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you probably already know, there was a fourth entity of yeah. some kind, some kind in there. And Nebuchadnezzar calls him, uh, I don't know how, because apparently, I guess he could see very clearly through the fire on what people look like. So he could tell who the three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in there, and who the fourth entity was. Mm-hmm. And he could tell it wasn't anybody he put in there. <laughs> and he called them the son of gods. I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I was like... Because he was talking about the like the gods he worships or Nebuchadnezzar worshipped. Worshipped. I was like, he's the son of. I was like, that's if that's very interesting phrasing to yeah. say that specifically. I was like, you had to call him the son of gods or to call him like any type of higher power. He had to look there was pretty interesting yeah. to be like that. I was, I was like, that could have been Jesus. That could have been God. That could have been some angel. But it's like it probably more he, than likely he an angel, specifically but... looked pretty like, different. <laughs> At yeah. least. I was like, that's, that's, it's just like that attention to detail. Like he specifically said that specifically. I was like, yeah. that's so interesting. But it's usually angelic figures cast off a lot of light. That's usually one of the biggest things that is mentioned about their. But it, was, it, almost, it almost sounded like he could see the detail. Of that person. Yeah. Of that person. He was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, that's insane. Yeah. But. Which I don't know how he got that close because they said yeah, the, the, the guards got lit on fire before they even got in the fire because it was like seven times hotter than normal or something. Yeah, like he wanted them dead dead. I was like, how did he even see into the furnace if he couldn't get get that close? Like 20 feet in front of I don't know how close they could have got. So but either they were like, all glowing super bright, like as bright as coals. just Bro, that's or, not even what I – I don't know what kind of furnace it was, man. It's interesting. It was probably um, ancient temples and palaces would often have a, a furnace in the basement area of the temple that they would use for heating the palace during the winter months. Because it would get pretty chilly in some of those areas yeah. in the Middle East. And so that was more than likely what the furnace was. It was for heating the palace. And so yeah. they're just like, yeah, we're just going to stoke this thing and put all the fuel we have into it because we're that mad. Chances are it's probably making that whole palace blisteringly hot. Yeah, I'm surprised it, the, the whole place didn't get lit on fire. Yeah, if that's uh, what it was, it could have been a different furnace, but I've, I've heard that talked about, but yeah. that's probably the most common The way furnace. I always pictured it until you said that is like just some random furnace like just the in the open, <laughs> just in the open, not near any main buildings or anything, and then yeah. they just kind of throw them in there that and been. start they, a bunch of fire. Like an I don't know. Furnace or something. Yeah, I have no idea, but that's always how I imagined it. And actually, so. you know what? I just thought about this. They had just erected that golden statue, hadn't they? Because so, yeah. they had refused to bow to it. Maybe it was a furnace that they had used for Maybe. heating of the yeah. gold. Because so. I take that imagery from uh, from VeggieTales, and that's, yeah. how, that's how it describes it. It's just some random... Well, I guess it wasn't a furnace, but it was just like a furnace-type thing, just not near any vil- buildings, kind of yeah, just throw them in around. there, and that's how I envisioned it. That's amazing. I was like, if it's seven times as hot and... They were just next to it and got lit on fire. I was like, yeah, you probably wouldn't want to be in the center of the city or anything. Right, right. <laughs> that whole thing with oh. the statue, though, is pretty pretty fascinating because 
you know, Nebuchadnezzar has the dream about Bro, the Bro, it's the most repetitive story in the yeah. world, just over and over for Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> it is. I was like, this is... His lesson. Dude, I got the chapter three. I was like, I'm done, dude. This guy's dumb. <laughs> I was like, can't do this anymore. You, you know, you, you see that pride in him, though, because he has yeah. the, the dream about the statue, and he's like, oh, okay, somebody interpret it. Nobody can interpret it, but Daniel does through God. God and then he gives the Daniel... Uh, like control over Babylon, right. a bunch of gifts, and then Daniel brings the three brother or the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm-hmm. and then the next chapter he tests um, yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on the same God. It, it doesn't make any sense on the same one because he's like, okay, I've asked for this revelation. What does the dream mean, right? And then Daniel gives it to him. So it's like, oh wow, my kingdom is like the, the, that golden head of this statue, and the, and he's just fixated on the statue. He's not he's not looking at oh the rock came and struck the ankle of the statue and it crumbled down. He's thinking like statue, big golden Bro, statue. Man. Let's I, go make a big golden statue. Dude. That's what he does. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like it's single crazy. stream of consciousness. <laughs> Bro, it's crazy because it's like I looked at that and then it talked about the statue and I know you brought this up before. Um, you know about the he was just he was the head of, made of gold and you had the bronze was the chest or the silver yeah, was chest gold silver. Uh, and then the you had thighs. you had the feet were clay and iron it yeah. says and it and and then it talks about our, after all that goes down over x amount of time there will be like a boulder or a rock that falls and it will like become a mountain and that will be permanent and i think that's a direct reference to heaven on earth i think that's it, like the permanency yeah. of it i don't know I, I that's what i that, that's what uh, i thought so. like the the wording there is like the the rock yeah, it's like it was not hewn uh, by human hands. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't made by hand. Reference to like yeah. the cornerstone, which is Christ. Yeah, so Christ's kingdom coming. Because that's down what I picked up when I when I saw that. I was like, that must be the only thing that could be permanent. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. But I'm I'm looking forward to when you get into the later chapters of Daniel. I don't, aren't there only like 15 chapters or something? Yeah, I, but it, I don't have it looked. It starts getting crazy. Daniel's just a cool character in general. Yeah, like he's he's a cool cat, but. <laughs> Because it starts, the longer it goes on, there's a number of stories dealing with Daniel. Um, yeah. But towards the latter end, you start getting into eschatology, which is God has sent him revelations of end times. Uh, far before revelation. Any of that, yeah, any of that happens. Yeah, the, the revelation of John. Well, he, he it does say, even in the first chapter, that Daniel specifically had the ability to um, interpret dreams and understand, like, visions. Yeah. So it's like... Ooh. He's given that gift specifically, in mm-hmm. which case it then comes in the handy throughout the the book. So, but, I, I assume that's. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Take hope though, because once you do get to the eschatological books at the very end of uh, Daniel, is that why you're telling me like if you don't like Revelations, you won't like Daniel? Because I was like, if it's exactly like Revelations, I'm gonna read that book in one night. <laughs> it, it is and isn't. Oh it's different. It's crazy. It's, it's telling essentially the same story, but also some things that have already happened. Okay. So it's the whole purpose of Daniel receiving those revelations wasn't to be a roadmap so that people could look at it and go, "Where are we on, you know, the, this path of the end times?" It was essentially all of the Israelites were in captivity in Babylon, and they were despairing of the fact that you know we've just been captured and everything that we know is gone. Yeah. Essentially. And so the revelation given to Daniel, while deeply encoded with symbolism and you know numerical mystery and all the things that come from end times literature, apocalyptic literature, 
it has the general story arc of the redemption of Israel, which is exactly what they needed. So God was telling them, okay, this is what's going to happen. I'm not going to give you the detail that it would take in order to start picking out these things before they happen. But the story is clear, and the things that happen are clear, so that once they come to pass, you can look back and go, that's what that meant. Okay, so if, if you're, so let's say, if you're studying Revelations about end times, you could also look at certain parts of Daniel yes. as part of, yes. almost as like a, a, part, a piece of mm-hmm. Revelation. Okay. Yeah, because. Because that's interesting. Because, yeah, Dan, the, the whole thing given to Daniel was essentially like, give this to Israel so that they don't despair anymore. Because the ultimate end is Christ returns the second time. Yeah. And his kingdom is ushered in and everybody is redeemed you know all of israel is redeemed that was the hope that he wanted them to see yeah but the daniel eschatology and then revelation are different the fact that yes the end of daniel does overlap with revelation but there's a huge chunk of daniel that has already come to pass like that so you can go back and historically actually point out those things because that's what people are trying to do for revelation they're trying to already historically see all these okay it doesn't work that way how many times have people oh, said man. that person is the Antichrist and this over here, this Bro, is Gog again and Again and again. Every time I read Revelations, that this stuff. Like I always get new information mm-hmm. when I read Revelations. Yeah. Like I did I just read like two verses today and it in it. <laughs> Bro. I was and, and that's what it brought me to the whole serpent stuff. I was like I found a verse that specifically references the uh, serpent. In Revelations I go all the way back to the beginning. And there's yeah. no doubt in my mind it's a direct uh, it, it specifically calls it out i was like this is a direct reference so i don't know it was interesting it goes along with my theory that that all verses are are, are, um what do you call it um their references or they attach back to a different verse Mm -hmm. or whatever hyperlinks yeah so technically they're all connected somewhere to something so they all link up in the end now revelation is fascinating for that fact and it it's not something I was aware of until relatively recently. If ever you get a chance to work through uh, Vody Bauckham's series on Revelation, he does it extremely well. But he points out that the majority of the book of Revelation is references back to the Old Testament. So it's like he, he's pulling all of the symbolism from these books, and he points out all the symbolism he's pulling is from books that people very seldom read in the Old Testament. Because everyone's fascinated by those character studies, like Joseph and yeah. Adam, and you know all of the greats that are in the Bible, in the Old Testament, but they're not reading those prophetic books of the Old Testament that are all looking forward to not only the time of Christ, but then later. Because um, a lot of the messianic prophecy, it both references Christ's first coming and his second coming. Leading up to Christ's first appearance, people would have thought those events were at the same time. But it's only by looking back can we go, okay, these are separate events. But the the fact of Christ coming back and like destroying everything that is not his kingdom and then causing his kingdom to come down. And oh, it's so complex, blue. though. Like people thought that was going to be right then when he came back the first time. That's why everybody that, Yeah, was everybody thought home. that, but yeah. They wanted to fight by his side and take over and destroy the Romans and, and restore peace on earth. But he's like, nah, that's, there's two comings. <laughs> this is the first. Bro, it, it's so weird. Like, just reading Revelation is so complex because you have, like, a back-and-forth type stuff, yeah. even if you don't even see the symbolism. There's, yeah, there's a cadence it's to Revelation. Insane, there's, 
like a cyclical type of chronology because there's a point at which people that are pre-millennialist and they're reckoning on it that's that's something else to get into like the different interpretations yeah of Revelation. it's like the whole left behind stuff those yeah, are that's pretty pure accurate but they're i think they're more just simplified don't give all the detail that yeah. revelation goes into because I mean, you've got some crazy stuff going on bro did you did you i'm assuming you read about the whole locust stuff yeah oh my gosh you still <laughs> read that mm. they said the locusts will had like wings like eagles and they would like have the face of humans. And uh, like a, they would have teeth like lions. I was like, huh? And a stinger <laughs> to torment the people for six no, months. I was, I was like, are these <laughs> like, are these like the size of a lion type locust or uh, like what? What it, bro? <laughs> I was See, like, shoot, that would scare the heck out of me. Of interpretation. So one. Oh, I think that's a literal interpretation. You think so? I think that's absolutely literal. Because we've already seen. There's already been the whole locust. I think there's happened. some aspect like, of which that, it is that feels very literal. Right. But, but because it like, goes in the detail on right. the locust itself, I was like, it wouldn't go in the detail if it didn't matter as much. Right. But it specifically matters because if you're there and you see it and you've read this, you're gonna know. Oh. Right. Shoot. <laughs> well, see, that's that's where it becomes interesting because you can look at it and, again, have to pull from C.S. Lewis for this. I think it's not expressly literal in its translation of like, yes, when those locusts come, they're going to have little crowns on their head and they're going to have these that's little so fangs. But I think it's a metaphor for something that's going to be very apparent when it comes. Right? Just like how, you know, you look in Revelation or even later in Daniel and you see all these monstrous figures you know, all this beast that had the tin horns like, what the is there going to be a beast that rises up that has tin horns on its head and then one's going to break off to be su- supplanted by three it's like well, what's going on with that yeah it's like that won't be a literal thing one because we've had some of that type of prophecy fulfilled when it's directly referencing that horns are symbolic of authority and so if a beast that's monstrous rises up and it has seven horns, seven is the number of completion, horns are symbolic of authority, that means it's going to have complete authority for that given time. And then one of the horns, you know, I'm not quoting exactly... That's how that, it is that reference to the seven years... Right, but it's, of, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> of ruling. And so. see, the, the dispensational premillennialist movement of interpreting Revelation went along and said, okay, everything that's in here is literal unless it is said to be figurative. I mean, I don't see it that way. But it never says something is quite literal. So you have to take everything. Oh, yes, the thousand-year reign of Christ. Is there anything that's said, whether or not it's literal or metaphorical? At the beginning. Like anywhere in the Bible? Is it said specifically? What, of Revelation or in general? In general. Or is it just you got to kind of wing it? Yes and no. Like it could be, it could not be. uh, There's a lot of grammar clues in the Greek and the Aramaic that help a lot that we don't necessarily get. Okay. So, like, your layman scholar of the Bible would probably interpret a lot of things literally when they may be expressly not literal in the text. We just don't know because we're not scholars of Greek or Aramaic. Um, In Revelation specifically, we get context clues at the beginning uh, in Revelation 1 where it is to be interpreted figuratively, as in it's... It's metaphor, so it stands yeah. for something, but it's not literal. There's probably some things that are literal. So, like the different plagues, they could very well be real plagues, yeah. but they may also be representative of something else. Yeah. It's like yes, I think all the earthquakes and the killings. And well, the, when I when I read it, that you know, there's a part about the seven angels, 
and about you know each one of them are like I don't know like a plague, yeah. but it's like one will hurl down fire and it will burn the fruit. There's one about um one third of all the ocean or all the water will turn to blood. Yeah, and you have all these. There's seven of them, so seven different things going on. And I think that is very literal. I think that specific aspect is is very literal. But I don't know. I could be wrong. It's yeah. It's really difficult. That's why I think. Bacham's, uh Because it even says, like, one-third of all mankind at that time will die. Will die, yeah. It's just like, like, you're just going to wipe out one-third of everything at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, shoot. Just like, it's it's fascinating. I, I would listen to his stuff, because he does, he breaks down, because there's a bunch of different numbers that are very significant. So, you know, seven. Yeah. It, it's the number of completion. So you look at that passage, and you go, okay, there's seven angels. So it's the completeness of angels, but it, they're representing the outpouring of God's wrath on earth. Yeah. Right? So they're the seven angels that have the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So it's the completeness of the wrath of God being poured out on earth. Um, if you interpret that literally, which again, I would be wary of, you have to interpret, okay, there will be seven literal angels that have seven literal bowls that are filled with seven literal plagues that are poured out in succession which literally are the earthquakes and the mass killings and the earth. Uh, I don't know. It sounds literal like, to me. Could be. It could be. That's why I don't I know. It, it's interesting because I don't take everything know. in there I read literal, but I was like, this sounds yeah. pretty literal. But, but see, that's another problem with the literal translation is like, what do you interpret as literal and what don't you? Yeah. Because then you, you get into the, the 144,000 that are sealed. That one God. is, I, I it's, it's hard like, to take of that as actual literal. Right. So it's like, do you hold the it one and could, not the other? Yeah, it's um, weird. I, again, I think there are things that you have to hold to and others that you don't. Yeah. Bauckham's understanding on that one is 144,000 is 12 times 12. So the number 12 is significant because it represents the complete people of God. So you, you look throughout the Bible and you'll see 12 over and over and over again. So you've got the 12 apostles and you've got the 12 elders or the 24 elders, which is 12. Yeah. Twice, so it's the Old Testament, and the New Testament, yeah. completion of God's people. And it's like it, it comes back over and over and over and over again. Twelve tribes of of Judah, uh, of Israel. Um. So it's like you got twelve times twelve. So it's the complete completeness of God's people times the completeness of God's people times a thousand. Which his understanding of that is, it just represents a multitude. It, the thousand could be a reference to the the thousand years. That, it could that, be. that um, Satan spins in the abyss and the thousand years that the, um, whoever Christ rule. Reign. Yeah, Christ like, reigns on earth. Yeah, like rule for a thousand years because yeah. they're both of those. So that, so, that one's in this That's what I would old, take it as. Yeah, it, it's in a tipping point in my mind because when I grew up, I grew up in a dispensational, pre-millennialist, uh, pre-trib rapture kind of church, right? But if you read the scripture... For what it says, one, you don't get a pre-tribulation rapture. The language is very clear that if there is going to be a rapture of the saints, but they have to be raptured through the tribulation, not out of it or not before it. It's like if there, there is going to be a rapture, but it comes after the tribulation. We don't escape it. And yeah. that's actually kind of how we're refined which is through all these trials. Well, that could be like the whole seal Right. Being sealed. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. I, I forgot. It mentions almost like uh, X amount of numbers, I think, mm-hmm. too, for that. Uh, but like and it, then if you look at it that way, too, it's I like don't know. If you 
understand seven to be completeness, that seven years of tribulation may not be the literal years at all. It might be the completeness of the tribulation. In fact, uh, if you read what John said at the beginning of Revelation, he says, I am your partner in the tribulation. So it's essentially to be understood the tribulation's already begun. It, it was from the point at which Christ left until whatever time he returns. Yeah. That is the point at which the tribulation is. Yeah. It, I don't know. So it's like, it, it's really it's confusing. That's why I recommend Bauckham because he actually makes some sense of things. He does delve into the symbolism of the numbers and the, the creatures because the creatures are sim, uh, symbolic. Oh, yeah. And the colors that you see and the items that you see and the numbers. It's like you've got all these things yeah. that are symbolic in a very particular chronology. That's why, yeah, people don't like preaching on Revelation, but everyone likes hearing it preached because it's just so fascinating. Yeah, it's it's tricky because I mean you could preach it wrong. It, it, Everybody, it's a it's a lot of sure. open interpretation. Like you're not, yeah. it, like like I think we already said this before. Like Revelations is more so for people in the time rather than the people before. It True. has more. I think it has more value to the people who will be in the going through it at that time. But if you understand the tribulation but, yeah. going on now, then we're yeah, it's, the it's a pretty good now. it's a pretty good thing. Yeah, it's it, it, that's where it gets interesting. That was the whole reason Bachum preached on it was it's like we believe that it is going on now. There's so many of the different denominations out there that think, yeah, it's a, it's a futurist approach. It's that literal seven years is going to be right around the corner, but we're not going to understand it until then. So there's no value in the book. They might mm-hmm. preach the first three chapters, which are the letters to the seven churches, but that's it. But Bachum is right. There's a lot of knowledge to be had in the remainder of the book. And he's a strong proponent of the fact that while we might not be able to anticipate what each of these symbols means, they are a metaphor for something real. And the ultimate story, just like what you know, the Daniel revelation was hopeful for the people of Israel, John's revelation is hopeful for us now in looking forward to the final redemption. Because the end of revelation is Christ winning. Yeah, it's like we know what happens. That's the whole purpose of prophecy: is to look to the future to see what happens. We know what happens. I, had a, I just had don't a, know the detail. I had an interesting theory, or not theory, a uh, question, mm-hmm. and I think I already know the answer to this. But I was one, I wanted to ask you because I'm assuming you have more knowledge than me on oh, this. This is based in Revelation, so it's about the mark of the beast. Uh-uh. So once you get the mark of the beast, you are permanently gone. Yeah, is that how that works? More or less. Like you can't. That's what it reads like you permanently separated from god at that point once you get the mark of the beast or can you that's can a, you be saved after that it's a good question because because from I'm what sure it sounds like it's like yeah you, there's no hope left once you get the mark of the beast you're gone even if you're still living at the time but yeah right. that's what it sounds like and that's what i'm thinking but it's like i that's don't know what it sounds like and it could i could be wrong it's that that whole, that's like selling your soul that's yeah. like literally selling your soul to satan and it's like you're gone at that point yeah See, and that's, I think that's it's referencing back. This is something that's a little fuzzy in my mind, but it's referencing back kind of to the passages in Daniel where they're bowing down to the statue. It's like the mark of the beast is more than likely not a physical mark because that you know the whole Left Behind series. Is yeah, like, yeah, it's like a little brand, and it could be or not. I don't. It doesn't really matter. It's more or less the mark of the beast is something that's going to be very visible to people, but it might not be a physical mark, and more than likely it'll be based in your actions. Right, so if you have the seal of God on your forehead, it is a very, you know, you you, you can, can know who's the re- a Christian the by 
their actions, by yeah. the things that they do, for the love that they have for their people, from the light that shines from them. It's not a physical light, but we talk about the light of Christians all the time, the yeah. light of Christ. Um, so it's hearkening back to that kind of thing. It's like you'll either bow down to the beast or you're going to bow down to Christ. It's one or the other. Okay. If you look at it that way, there's a chance, perhaps, that you might have the mark of the beast and be shaken out of your stupor and bow to Christ. It, it, I don't know. I was just curious. So I know it's yeah. That's, that's I know a it's hard a tricky question. area, but I was like, question. I was like, it sounds like yeah, but I, I don't. I'm not sure because it's just something I read. I was like, yeah, oh, no, I read that a while ago. I was just like, never brought it up. So. It's it's a good question. There's a lot of really deep questions that come up in Revelation. Oh, Something's going on here, and you know, the whole, I want to make sure I have the mark of Christ. The whole meaning of like the the Trinity of Satan. Yeah, like the, the false trinity, the three, the beast, Lucifer, like Lucifer himself, and then I think the third one is the woman. Mm-hmm. They called her like the mother of prostitutes or something. Yeah, unless I read it wrong, but I was like, that's I was right. like, that's that seems like the trinity, and they each have a very specific symbolism yep. of each of their own. I was like, direct mirror of yeah of of, of the, the, the holy trinity. trinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I was just I was looking at that. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of things that people miss, especially because people don't like to read it because they just get confused at it. That's well, the first time I read that, I read like chapter like 22, like mm-hmm. near the end, where everything. Because when you get the, if, you, if you get the beginning of Revelations, it's not crazy. It's more like, hey, here's some rules you need to like because it talks about the the churches and it talks about the the false uh, or it talks about the non-believer, the believer, and the lukewarm believer type stuff, and it's like. That's kind of casual. You're starting, and it kind of just ramps up once you get deeper in the Revelations. And it's like, I just read it like, near yeah, the end bit. of Revelations, and it talked about a woman specifically. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's, this woman seems sounds like she's Mary, but it's obviously not Mary. Right. So I was like, who is this woman, and why is she specifically being talked about? Because mm-hmm. it, it has some type of symbolism. So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a big metaphor there. We might not know what it is. I don't but. know. It's, it's weird. But... Dude, oh my gosh. I, we could just do a podcast talk about everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, there's so much going on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just, like, read Revelation five times before the podcast and then oh, just go talk about gosh. it. I I still haven't read all the way through it. I would sometime, but it gets hard. It's like, you have to take it in chunks. Yeah, because it's like, I get like 30 theories reading half a chapter. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like I can't not avoid these questions anymore. I gotta I gotta just focus on this. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's weird. And Revelation's a good book for that because, especially with the numerics, because even if you don't recognize it consciously, like, you keep seeing these numbers come up up and yeah. up and up and up. And, up. And, and one of the numbers that Bachum talked about that I never ever noticed was the number three constantly being throughout it. Uh, the entirety of Revelation. And I was like, well, where is three? I can't see it. I know, I know that it's like the, the false trinity. That's, yeah, there's a false trinity. I know there's, that there's, one. Uh, the holy trinity. Oh, yeah, yeah. He talks about it being a rhythm of Revelation, which is things are represented in threes. Okay. I got I to gotta, I gotta, <laughs> pull out I your gotta notes. show you what it is, or at least read a section, because I can't necessarily remember exactly what the phrasing is. But, I'm trying to think about that now. It's, it's the way in which it's written. Is things will be said in threes. It does, I mean, it also does mention three angels specifically. Because talk, we talked about the seven angels, but there are three angels specifically that are mentioned as well. They have their own purpose. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to, th- I, I, 
I'm gonna have to go reread that whole thing. I'll probably notice the, the stuff you're talking about now. Okay, so John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. So that's three. Three. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead. That's three. Right? I mean, actually, even that, it's like the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. Um, it's like... You start reading it, and you start thinking, okay, three. And then there's some that are four. You're going, okay, that breaks it up. But the symbology of the number four is the completeness of earth, or even the completeness of creation. Because there's talked about in Revelation the four angels that control the four winds of the earth, or yeah. they go to the four corners of yeah. the earth. And that like, that has some type of symbolism, though, because if it's, if it's a repetitive thing over and over, because I was talking about it was Noah yesterday, because we were going over Genesis, and we came apart, uh, I think it was like chapter 5, and it talks about the descendants, so it talked about Adam lived to be 930, yep. and he had he had Enoch, he had all, you know, whatever, and it, and then you get to certain points, it's like, oh yeah, he lived to be X amount of years, and he died, yep. he lived to be, and then, and then he had many sons and daughters, he lived to be X amount of years, and died, and then it mentions... And then it mentions like Enoch, and Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Yeah. And it just kind of vanished and walked with God. That, that's different from everybody else just kind of living X amount of years, having kids, and dying. This one's different. So I think that's the same. If it's, if it's constantly mentioning threes, there's a break of pattern when it mentions four. Yeah. Which means that you got to pay attention to it more, and you got to, it has a different type of symbolism. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's, there's so much. There's so much. That's Bro, why I want to like, do. I want to do a study just on Revelations, man. We should really oh my get gosh, into it. Man. I would. I would love to sit down and actually do a really deep study. And Bacham's study is probably a good starting point, and we can go from there because he's got like twenty. He he has one sermon per chapter, and he just Ooh. goes into it. So there's twenty two sermons. Dude, that's on solid. Revelation. Yeah, that's like a full day of sermons. I've been listening, Ooh. or I listened to a lot of them last week. Um, is he on Spotify? Because it's like, all I know I is that it's on his YouTube, and it's like, I can't w- do YouTube when yeah. I'm at work. So uh, it's like, There's an app that Craig told me about, which a lot of his sermons are on. I don't know if all of those are on there, uh, but it's called sermonaudio.com. Okay. You get the app, and I'll it's, to, I'll have to get that. it's search. Because I've been listening to a few sermons, just not, it's another guy I found, not Vody Bacham, but it's solid. And perhaps I, uh, I view him too highly but he really is a strong proponent of the bible of the word yeah and of the myriad things i've seen him go on to like talk shows and the news and where people are trying to bait him into saying something and he's just like no <laughs> well you <laughs> this should, is what the bible you should says. email him or something and get him to it's come like, down here yeah. get him to he, do a, a, a he comes down a to sermon down all here. the time yeah he uh he's probably got some website or something yeah i'm sure maybe. he does because he uh he's currently uh, a pastor over in Zambia? Yeah, I know he's somewhere in Africa. Yeah, I think it's Zambia, but he might have come back for a number of years. I think he's back in Texas. He grew up here. You said uh, he's further south. Didn't you say he was in Austin or something? No, no, he's in our area. Is he? Okay. uh, Every once in a while he'll preach at a church out in Terrell. Oh, yeah, that's not that, that's not bad at all. So if he but, goes, my ooh. cousins are supposed to tell me, and then we ooh. can just go over there. But we could get the biggest group in the world to go listen to that. Right, let's go. Oh. Let's uh, tell him do like a four hour sermon. <laughs> Yo, 
Craig was uh, saying that he was in a room with yeah, he was in like Paul Watts. Yeah, but he said it was it was at a time when he was younger and he didn't like recognize he didn't it, so he didn't appreciate it. Yeah. Like, oh. I was like, dude, that'd be kind of cool. Because I don't know. It's like, I don't know. We're it's not supposed it's to, you know, make these guys into rock stars, and he's one of the ones I don't. He's not looking for that kind of that fame. Yeah. Yeah, that platform. There's some that really have like Bravi Zacharias and, and some of those. The, definitely the televangelists. Uh, that that want the fame. Yeah. But there's some of those guys that are just interested in preaching the word, and the reason why they're popular is because they speak truth. And that's that's good. That's who we need to be flocking. That's to. who we need. It's like oh, truth speakers. Yeah. Uh, we need to call it quits. Yeah. But do. oh, dude, this is like the second time we pretty much just stopped there like, like revelations. Well, we didn't talk only about revelations, but that's true. So that means we're gonna have to Bro, talk about the fullness oh of Revelation. Oh gosh, we could. I could read half the chapter, and we could do another full episode of Revelation. <laughs> Here we go. Bro, I could just, I could just go off because it's like I already read stuff. I had to reread it, and it, like new, new topics podcast. will come. Bro, that should be podcast. the sickest thing in the world. That just to so do cool. podcasts like on a, a chapter of the Bible. Like it doesn't have. It doesn't cool. have to be. Like it could be anywhere. Yeah, anywhere and be like, let's do oh, this chapter, and we we read it and study it, and it just. See, Give all the cool. information we have about our, our thoughts. Yeah, read the commentaries. Read you know the relevant literature surrounding Ooh. it, and then actually dig into what it means. Ooh. And you can't even exhaust like, everything it means. Bro, I problem. was up, dude. Uh, what was it? It was a. Uh, it was Friday night, and I, I was house sitting at my parents' house, mm-hmm. and I read uh, uh, chapter four of Daniel. You know, after I, I made that message mm-hmm. there by how I was kind of <laughs> like, I was so irritated with Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> and I was like, I sat there. It, it's like. Because I read, I read, what was it? I read the, it was chapter four, and then I read chapter five. So I read the second time Daniel does the vision about the, um, about, I don't know. Maybe that's the same chapter. I can't remember anymore. But where Nebuchadnezzar has to go out into the woods yeah. and live for, for seven, seven times his yeah. own, I don't know, seven, that was seven years. years or something. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he had long nails and hair or whatever and when he came back he became a great king i read all that and at the very end of the chapter man the very end the last sentence is completely different it, it like like if you wanted to summarize um daniel chapter one through four mm-hmm. the last sentence of daniel chapter four summarizes the simplest way because yeah. it talks about um Nebuchadnezzar is talking and he's praising God and he's talking about how um, he turned he can turn your pride any pride it's something like you can turn any prideful man into a humble man and that's all it is I was like that's exactly what's been going on the last four chapters because this guy's pissing me off (laughs) like look at all the stuff that happened but that's it I was like you're not paying attention to anything and then yeah I was like that's that's awesome yeah no it really is it's so Daniel's great, man. It's, it's, it's fun. Great. That's fun. So I think you're right, though. We we got to cut it off. While we're yeah. <laughs> One day. One day. Um. Yeah. Cool. Um. I don't know. I mean, do you have any last words? Wing. Wing. Yeah. Cool. Been a while. <laughs> been a while. Yeah, we haven't been in here in For, yeah three weeks, yeah, two, yeah. three weeks. Yeah, it's been probably about so we haven't weeks. we haven't actually recorded or done any of this, so we're kind of off track. You know what? Next week. We won't, I don't know, we, we shouldn't talk about biblical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if we can help it. We just had nothing to talk about, yeah. so it's like, I guess I that's know. a good sign. It's that's weird. The first thing on our mind is religion. And that's 
<laughs> Man, I could have brought. I didn't even go into detail on my my serpent stuff, but that's, true. that's another so time. We got to, uh, that's another time. <laughs> no, we gotta have real topics. I mean, we gotta have. I don't know. Something. Something. We'll figure it out. Politics. We'll talk about Biden next week. That's right. So, so maybe. Joe. Yeah. All right. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch, we'll you, next catch you next time. Yeah. Peace. See ya.